0: Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Hello and welcome to Countryside here on Manx Radio. I'm Simon Clark, And I'm
1: Kiri Kermode. At the weekend, I popped into a hospitality business with a difference, the Manx Cat Café.
0: And I caught up with some of the people at the end of an orienteering walk up Balath Plantation. Quite a bit, uh, Currie, to get through. The snow's just about abated. There's a little bit twinges on the hills, but uh, I'm sure that uh, all the hill farmers, the sheep farmers, um, you know, will uh, be a, bit, a little bit happy now that it hasn't lasted so long. And it doesn't sound like there was too much damage this time.
1: No, we were so lucky this time, Simon. It was a worry when it did come thick and fast, but no, like you say, there's a few little bits along the hedgerows up on the mountain still, but yeah, all is well. It's nice and mild now, and finally, a little bit of dry weather at the weekend has helped many farmers turn back out some of the sheep and lambs that they'd brought in for that fortnight.
0: Yeah, and the the other thing uh, that was mentioned to me as well is sometimes it's not just the, uh, the losses of the livestock sometimes in these treacherous weather conditions, but it can be far more expensive at times when parts of fencing has been flattened and put down, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now the repairs for fencing, the, the cost of fence posts, fence wire, it is really, really expensive. And also the labour as well. You know, many farms have only a minimal amount of people working on them now. So finding the time to go and repair a lot of the damage that's caused by Mother Nature uh, can take a long time. But like you say, Simon, having the stock inside, it's expensive. The input costs now, the feed and bedding is, is expensive. So to have that come in the middle of lament time must have been a bit of a worry some but we're through the other side now
0: yes posts they're stubs over here aren't they <laughs> <laughs> anyway you've been uh, to have a chat uh, with a bit of a new venture for the island is it
1: absolutely the Manx Cat Cafe opened a couple of years ago now uh, with Zoe Grundy at the helm with her family working alongside her and I popped along on Saturday to see how it all began Well, here we are, back at the Manx Cat Cafe with Zoe. Now, Zoe, a couple of years ago, I came when you were just opening, and it just looks super, as it did that day.
2: Thank you very much. That's brilliant. Yeah, we've been open, um, we open at the end of May, so it'll be two years at the end of May this year.
1: Um,
2: Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's going okay so far. Obviously, it's been a bit difficult. The winter tends to be quieter in the summer. So, in the summer, we have lots of visitors from the UK. So, we've got a, a, an atlas on the board there. So, all, all the little stars we put oh, on in the different countries fun. where people have have, have travelled from.
1: My word, And that is very global, you know, as far yeah. as the Philippines, Japan. Oh, my word, Peru, North America, Canada. That's amazing, yeah. Zoe. So, so yeah, we've, we have lots of
2: visitors during the summer. But the, the winter tends to be quiet. Uh, we tend to close over Christmas and New Year, um, obviously because Christmas coming up. And but it's, it, I think it's a bit difficult as well. I mean, not just for us, but I think for a lot of businesses with the obviously economy, you know, cost of living going up. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's quite difficult. But we're we're, we're plodding along. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're. Nope. even so. so, so yeah, we're so so,
1: okay, so far. Well, that is it. And like the reason behind opening the cafe originally, we've got beautiful Manx cats pottering about in here, Zoe, and it is a really calm and nature and calm and atmosphere. And is the idea behind why you open still the same ethos? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we always said that we wanted somewhere where people can go and
2: just chill out, you know, even get out of the office for an hour, yeah. get away from the humdrum of life and just come and sit and relax. And obviously pets are renowned for helping you relax. Um, so yeah, we don't have loud music. Um, we just have a nice quiet environment with the cats. People just come and sit. And We've, we've had quite a few customers actually have a, have a cat nap so to speak, Um, while they've been in here, um, and we have had people say that, that, um, obviously, they've appreciated the the fact that it's somewhere they
1: can just get away from from life for a wee while and just chill out. And like you say, you know, that chill out away from the humdrum of life, the award you, or the accreditation you've just been awarded at the minute, health and wellness, now that is something we're seeing right across the island at the minute, people are struggling with mental health, and Coming to animal therapy like this must definitely help. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, I I think obviously, uh,
2: mental mental health is. is, uh, I think in the last couple of years since COVID, particularly, um, people are a lot more aware of it. Um, So, I mean, that was one of our our aims anyway. Um, But but yeah, it's definitely we we do have people that come to us that have anxiety, um, autism. ADHD, uh, things like that. So they do come here because they know they can just chill out and and basically play with the cat for half an hour. And like you say, just just come somewhere that it's nice and and quiet and they can
1: just just get away from everything. Absolutely. And now we've got a lovely cat just just running under our table here, Zoe. A a long-haired Manx cat. Now, talking of Manx cats, they are quite rare.
2: I think, yeah, numbers have declined. I think a lot of Manx cats that you find on the island are from farms, um, small holdings, Livery yards, uh, things like that. I mean, we do, we do have a lot of visitors that come over, and and they've said to us that they've they've not seen a manx cat, and that's obviously another of the reasons we set up here. Um, I think some visitors who maybe have never been before think that they're going to come over, and the streets are just going to be full, and <laughs> yeah, then you know, can just walk <laughs> anywhere, and there'll be a manx cat. So, I think from that point of view, I, th- I think the numbers have dropped a lot from from
1: say you know thirty forty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I did read an article, I think it was actually through your group that you have on social media, uh, Zoe, the, the Manx Cat Cafe page, uh, where they said at Nocalo at the farm, they about 60 years ago, they did try and breed the Manx cat to preserve it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And obviously, there used to be the
2: um, up in Nobles Park there, mm-hmm. and there used to be a, a place up there where they were sort of preserving and, and, and had a breeding program there as well. Uh, and obviously, that closed down. So I don't think there's any that I'm aware of anyway. I don't think there's any sort of official breeding program mm-hmm. um, as such apart from like myself and, and you know people that are breeding them and um, pet breeders maybe and like you say I, th- I think the farming population um, Is it, keeping the breed alive essentially because a lot of the farmers have them um, for vermin control because yeah, they're, yeah. they're very good hunters. Um, and I think if if that wasn't be
1: in the background,
2: I, I I think there would be very the numbers would be even lower. I think.
1: Is it because people don't want to keep the style of cat that they are? Are they different from your traditional sort of street cat?
2: Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they're different. I mean, obviously personality-wise, they're they're um, they're quite they're quite dog-like. They're very loyal. Um, Manx cats tend to be quite clannish so they, they'd like to be in groups Um I, I don't know I mean I think possibly a lot of people are going for your more designer breeds now you know I mean obviously um, Maine Coons are very popular uh, Persians um, you know that you've got all those breeds out there and I, I just think they're more popular
1: you know they're in yeah. fashion yeah yeah absolutely so. and you see that across dogs across absolutely. at the weekend we yeah. saw there was a lot more different yeah. types of breeds uh, bigger classes in the show rings as well but Zoe I know that you have some of your genetics around the world America yeah. have a few Manx cats now as well yeah there's uh, we sent a couple of cats to um,
2: Alaska um, lady in Washington and um, She oh. took one, mm-hmm. and recently I sent some to Amsterdam. Two went to Amsterdam, to Manx Cat Breeders over there. Oh, lovely. So, because I think a lot of the Australian, Europe, American lines, uh, they've been diluted over the years. They've been crossbred to to make them longer haired and things like that. So the genetics have been a bit diluted and a lot of people have come to me to get the original true, gene pool back absolutely, in. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, so some, some have gone to, they've all gone to Manx Cat Breeders to put into their own breeding programme. Um, and then a few breeders in the UK as well have taken cats from the island to, to get their
1: gene pool back as well. So And it's lovely that you're able to record that and keep up the relationship with them to see how they're thriving and doing. There's a lovely ginger cat here just on the chair beside us now jumped across the table. People. Little short tails, Zoe. A stumpy, or are they all different?
2: Um, they're all different. Basically, you, you get um, your rumpy, which is your classic no tail. Um, they're the ones you tend to see on the, you know, the old postcards. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> anything that you can see that's not a full tail is classed as a stump. But you can get ve- you can get different lengths, so you and can get quite were they short. Were born and like that? Tail? That was yeah. how they were born. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then you can get a tailed manx as well, so you can get manx cat with a full tail.
1: Oh my really, word. So you might not be able to tell the difference out there in the countryside if it is actually a traditional manx cat because of the tail. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: um, a lot of a lot of people are surprised, even even locals as well, that you can get a tailed manx because obviously they just assume every manx cat has no absolutely. tail at all. <laughs>
1: This is it, and they are a talking point, and they are absolutely beautiful. And in here, Zoe, so how do you manage? You've obviously got ornaments, you've got just, uh, table lamps, table decorations, cups and saucers. They don't knock them all over. Very rarely, to be <laughs> honest. Um, yeah,
2: occasionally, um, they'll they'll knock things over, but we tend to have things that are. Um Less breakable, should we say? (laughs) Uh, But they've got plenty of toys, and they've got the cat trees, and and we've got uh, play wands and things, so that the customers and ourselves can keep them entertained. So to be honest, they they're not really that bothered with the decorations. So and are these all your
1: own cats?
2: Yes, they are. They are.
1: My (laughs) word. Oh, oh, we have a cat trying to get inside the litter bin. (laughs) He's having a great time. And here's me saying she doesn't bother with the decorations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely lovely. But like you say, Zoe, your customers get so much from it. How do new customers get involved or even find you? Um, It's a lovely little place in the back here.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not obviously in the main streets, so it's It's not something that people are walking past. So most people find us um, via our Facebook page and group. Um, we've got a website which has got loads of information on there, not just about the business, but about Max Cats in general and the history of. Um, and then we've we've got flyers out in, like, the hotels and the C-Terminal and, and whatnot as well. So it has a bit of information on there and, and the opening times and whatnot.
1: And like you say, your, your information that you do have on your group, Zoe, so at the minute plants in the garden you know, I didn't realize how many plants could be quite poisonous to cats and just the, the general looking after of cats
2: yeah um there's there's more plants than what you think I mean the, the big ones particularly for cats are lilies um, because the, the pollen it's on the stamen uh, that's the toxic bit so if they get it on their coat and then they lick it off and it can be so quite popular, deadly they? particularly at this time of year as well Coming up to mother's day obviously yeah, tomorrow um careful. and easter but, I mean, there's, there's really good websites online that'll give you a list of plants. So if, if you're not sure, obviously, if a certain flower or a plant is, is uh, maybe may toxic, then just make sure you look it up or just, just keep the cats away from them. But Lily's is the big one, definitely.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I just noticed uh, the little stumpies running along the sofa there. She's ginger. Mm-hmm. The one that was climbing in the little rubbish bin is a black. Now, do they all come in different colours amongst cats? Because I always thought they were just traditionally black.
2: No, we can get um, any colour, basically. So we've got blacks, reds, greys, we've got a tortoise shell, uh, we've got a black and white. Um, the only colour that you tend not to get is the, the colour points, so, you know, the like the Oriental Siamese yeah, colours. Um, you don't tend to get them in Manx. You can get them if you outbreed them to a, a, an Oriental, um, but it's the only colour that's not recognised officially in the breed. I see.
1: So what, you know, back... Many years ago, clearly, these cats are a few years old now. What got you interested in the Manx cat? Because you're obviously not from the Isle of Man.
2: No, no, I'm from Lancashire originally, but I've, I've been here for over 30 years. Um, and I, being an animal <laughs> lover anyway, um, I just fell in love with Manx cats when I, when I came here. Um, and then obviously, as, as years went on and um, we were a bit more established, we started doing the, I got my own first Manx cat, and then we started obviously doing our own breeding programme. Um, but yeah absolutely love them just love the temperament I just love the way they look
1: they are they're absolutely stunning they really are and if anybody wants to keep a Manx cat Zoe could you recommend or or get in touch with your link people up to try and maybe purchase a cat or or, or get involved with a group of raising them Um, yeah I mean there's I think probably
2: the best place to start um, if if you if you want one locally would be just to go on like uh, social groups uh, manx.net you know places like that obviously they've got um people advertising their be pet breeders yeah, um yeah. but officially there's uh, an organization called the gccf which is like the cat version of the kennel club oh lovely yeah so that's who i'm registered with so they make sure all my cats are health screened blood tested registered officially um, and they have a list of breeders not just manxes but all breeds they have a list of breeders that are on there as well so that's obviously somewhere else you could go to, to have a look.
1: And that would be a really good starting point because the knowledge that these breeders have, you know, decades of, of looking yeah. after and nurturing and raising um, cats, that's where you want the information from, I suppose, really. Yeah, yeah
2: definitely. De- if, if you're going to have a look, then definitely go to a reputable breeder. Um, there's so much information online now. And obviously in this day and age, of being scammed. You know, I've, I have heard of people that have been scammed out of deposits for, for animals and then it's fallen through. And, oh. you know, so it, it just make sure you do your research with R- regards to yeah. what breed you go for. Make sure you do all your research first.
1: And looking behind us, so we, we've got a lovely little uh, cafeteria area, fresh cakes, lots of coffee. Now that's uh, always a favourite. Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> Nothing better than coffee and cake and cats. <laughs> this is it,
2: exactly. <laughs> Brilliant.
1: Well, anyway, I'll let people get in touch. Facebook mostly, or just Facebook call in. or
2: website, yeah. I mean, we do take walk-ins. Obviously, it's not very big, so we prefer bookings, so then you're guaranteed a table. Um, but we, we do, obviously, if we're quiet, walk-ins, absolutely welcome. Um, but, yeah, go through our website or, or, off it, or through Facebook.
1: There we go. That was Zoe Grundy from the Manx Cat Cafe.
0: Oh, it's just relaxed me thinking about uh, people being able to go there who may not be allowed pets at their own place and things like that to give them a stroke.
1: This is it, absolutely. Yeah. And lots of, like you say, landlords don't allow pets. And it's just so nice, uh, it's so relaxing in the cafe. And Zoe, uh, ably helped by her parents there and a partner, Kev, um, just so relaxing, lovely ginger Manx cat. It's so rare to see the Manx cats now, like Zoe says. and maybe not the most fashionable breed, but just lovely if you want to go and uh, have five minutes out absolutely yeah. recommend Great it
0: therapy yes uh, the power of the pussy Kiri <laughs> you're listening to countryside here on max ready with Kiri Kermode and myself Simon Clark well have you ever been on orienteering Kiri
1: I haven't but I hear Duke of Edinburgh students and many young people do really enjoy the adventures out into the countryside yeah,
0: of course there's various uh, scales of it from uh, climbing quite big mountains and big long weekend walks where you've got to uh, use compasses and maps to find your way around from A to B. But the Isle of Man Orienteering Club, uh, they hold several events round the Isle of Man and one of them last weekend was up blaff Plantation. It was new to some of the people who go on the orienteering events and I caught up on them at the end as well as William Higgins, the Isle of Man Development Officer for the Orient club. Well a couple of people have been on the uh, orienteering trip up the Glen. Glen. Uh, how was it today?
3: Oh it's good uh, yes it's not somewhere I've been uh, much so it sends you places you wouldn't normally go uh, and see different areas. Yeah it's good.
0: Now, now it's not, not your first time doing orienteering uh, but uh, your good lady that's with you it's that first time? Yes it is. Yeah.
3: Uh, so um, we have a free weekend so and sort advertisement to introduce uh, to see whether it's something that other people might like as well
0: so what uh, what was you, what did you think of the the terrain around here it uh, doesn't look very flat no it's <laughs> de-
3: it's definitely has uh, elevation around and uh, it's a good this one will lead you uh, in a sensible circuit around uh, if you were on your own you may find yourself going uphill downhill uh too much so yes it's uh <coughs>
0: it's uh, it's a good course and what about um you said you've done it before, but is it on island or off the island you've done it it's on island uh a
3: couple the other year um it's one in Thoughtywell and uh arch
0: previously yeah and um, it's always been good weather for you I mean it's it's hit and miss but I mean you're not being stuck out in the mist where you you're not sure which direction to go
3: no <laughs> um, no the mist has not been a problem um, the maps are very good and it's not that's um, very good to to find your way around uh, that's not your challenge; is more the distance and where you can get to
0: what about the map reading itself i mean was it was it easy enough to follow them i mean how, how do you how do you start and how do you get on and how do you know where the finish is well start and finish are the same this one was an open-ended time
3: limit so that's good you don't have to um cut yourself short and Did, didn't break back. into a sprint no 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 <laughs> uh you can just take a time you have a a reasonable amount of time to get there
0: and back again and just take the course as you see it. So the the maps, I mean, if it does rain, I mean, well, are they going to get all soggy? And um, <laughs> it probably, probably
3: would. You uh, Maybe you need to memorise where you're going and then only uh, when you need to have a look at them. But there's no phones needed with SnapNav or GPS signals, no? No, it's entirely back to paper and uh, your own skills in reading them. To work out where you are uh, it's a,
0: maybe a skill being lost and how many checkpoints was there on today's one
3: this one um i think we had um about
0: 25 or 30 really yes yeah. yes didn't miss any
3: nope no nope. <laughs>
0: uh, <coughs> no it's uh got round them all in time well wow. so i'm talking to Harvey you. pets and you've just caught here at the end here, so sorry for getting you in here. You're a little bit breathless. Uh, how have you found it today? Oh yeah, pretty good. Some lovely like views on the way around and just nice to get out and see a part of the island you've never seen before. Right, so you've never been up the Balaf Glen here then? Nah. No, first time. Yeah. Have you been on the orienteering trails before though? Yeah, I've done a few of them last year. And how does this one compare nice and flat? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. But what about the the the? um you seem to be doing it on your own today? Is it a little bit tricky or is it not too bad when you when you find your checkpoint and then you're heading off to the to the right one hopefully? Yeah, it's not too bad with these t- um mark tiles. They're usually in quite uh obvious positions I guess. Yeah. And uh, you'll be ready for another one in a few weeks, then. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well done. You've completed it anyway. Well done. Cheers. So this looks like the youngest competitor of the day. What's your name? Samuel. How have you got on today? Good. Yeah. Was it tough? Not really. No. And, and who were you competing with today? Were you just sort of running on your own map?
1: Beating mum, hopefully.
0: All oh, right. <laughs> oh, that's always a competition in the family, is it? yeah yeah and who normally wins me (laughs) oh well you've got youth on your side i suppose haven't you but i mean how many have you done then have you are you experiencing this now
2: uh pretty much
0: yeah what age are you 11 right and you've done quite a lot of them at different parts of the island yeah what about a balaf here have you done here before
2: no this is a new one
0: right and how did you find this one quite easy yeah some nice scenery and yeah. get past the lakes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do you get to the top of the hill? Yeah. What could you see from there? Did you know what you were looking at?
4: You could see the old airport at Jerby.
0: Yeah, and, and the church? Yeah. What about the weather today? Was it soggy under the foot?
2: In some parts.
0: Yeah. Not worried, though. Mm-hmm. You've been hiding in the car since the rain started, <laughs> I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get the hair wet. <laughs> <laughs> So do you help out as well or just do the events?
2: Just do the events, but sometimes I help.
0: Yeah, and nobody of, of your age that's uh, doing them as well?
2: Not often.
0: Right. And Jill, you've uh, you've had two hats on today. You helped register everyone at the start and you got off your backside and did it yourself.
4: I did, yes. Mm-hmm. So I helped register and get people sorted out at the start, give some advice if I need to, and then always try and get out and get a bit of exercise myself too. And yeah, and
0: yeah, and what about this area at Balaf uh, Glen Plantation here? Is it is it an area that's familiar to you?
4: Um, no, I've walked the Green Road through a few times, but it was really nice to get out and see and go up and over different parts that I'd never seen before, and just to get the views. It was. It was lovely because the sun was shining a while ago <laughs> yeah.
0: well the, the the routes that was taken today, um that took you up to the top of the hills and we're talking to the young fella there and he said you could see the old airfield at jerby so you get up to a good height and it's it's a views that you don't see very often when you're driving isn't it
4: yeah, very much so and it didn't take long to get up there because it because it's quite steep in places you get up really high dead quick so that was good to see.
0: Nice. Yeah, and it's a popular place for, for dog walkers and everyone up here as well. So, I mean, do, do people ever bring their pets with them when they're doing this?
4: Yeah, we've had a few. Uh, families have come uh, obviously with young children at different events and they come with dogs as well. Um, and I was surprised actually there was no mountain bikers out today because I was expecting to meet a few but I didn't <laughs> today, so. Yeah,
0: and how, how often do, do you get on the events whenever you can or do you help organize them all?
4: Um, I'm usually around on most events, yeah. and I've done usually done all of them, apart from when I was a bit injured last, early last year. But uh,
0: Not during an event, was it? No, 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 <laughs> it was before,
4: <laughs> luckily. <laughs> no, we've done most of them, but it's good to get out and do them, but I don't mind helping out. No. And what about through. holidays off-island?
0: Do you ever sort of get involved with them then, or do you keep it local?
4: Um, we have done. we used to quite a lot when we lived in England, um, and sometimes we've been away and we've done different ones, or if there's permanent courses, we've gone out and had a good look round too just different ways of seeing different places yeah just and it
0: makes it makes it go quicker I suppose and less laborious for people who, who may not uh, walk as often as they, maybe they should it's something to take their mind off it
4: it does and it certainly helps we found having with Samuel that if he's got something to go to he goes runs to the next point and then suddenly he's done a big walk and he hasn't realized it because he's been wanting to get to the next point on the map and <laughs> So it's helped that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed the event, and look forward to the next one.
4: That's all right. Thank you very
5: much. Uh, William Higgins, uh, and I'm the development officer for Isle Man Orienteering Club. Well, William,
0: we've got everything packed away now. It's uh, the event's finished for the day. The rain's just coming
5: <laughs> in time just the when right everyone time. finished. Yes, uh, yes, we've had a good day. Uh, not too many people today, but uh, again, new area. So there's uh, so this new forest. It is mapped for orienteering. Uh, we've got uh, permanent markers placed everywhere now in the forest and we've got different courses of different lengths. So some people today tried different courses, short ones about three or four kilometres long and then one or two people tried the more challenging ones that were sort of heading towards six and seven kilometres. Uh, so i have had a good day, so we've yeah. had. Uh, and then the future really is, we're going to the next ones, it's down the Silverdale, we've got the next event down the Silverdale. Same thing, launch new markers, new map for it. Uh, I uh, had a really good event we had on a Brad Ahead uh, in February when about 80 people turned up to that. Really? So there was. Yeah.
0: And just for people who may not know too much about it, I mean, some might be scared to come because they may not be able to read a map and compass and, and get all sorts of things out or read 73 degrees north, <laughs> 20 minutes south and things. But it's not quite like that at the no, moment. No, at, no. At this level. Is no, it? At,
5: this, at this level, for uh, people to come along and, and put the map off. Uh, just a case of using the trails and paths and tracks, and uh, the markers are marked on the map fairly clear, and it's quite easy to sort of navigate to these places. If you want more challenging things, then you can make your, you know, you can work towards that so you can in the future so you can, yeah. uh, and then when we do some other events, then people can come along and use the flags and punches so we can. So Easter Monday be that will be flags and punches. So
0: the um, the ones uh, with, with the when when you've got your map, I mean, is it showing you? Um, which trail to take? Or oh, is there only one? Well, only?
5: well that's, that's uh, the permanent marker courses have got a, a trail where you could sort of follow like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, and again that allows you to sort of uh, options sometimes to go from one path or another way to it. It's a bit like the question is how do you get to somewhere in an Ireland? They mm. say, well, if you go that road, you can take that long. Or if you go that way, it'll take you that long. So there's, there's an opportunity sometimes to navigate in different directions to to get to the marker as well.
0: Um, What about when they come back? I mean, how do you know if they've been to the marker?
5: Well, we've got an answer sheet here and uh, they can tick off their answers so they can when they come back. And it's the same if the print went off at home. The answer sheets will be available for people to do that as well.
0: Right. More information then, William, on Uh, it? Well, if
5: you look on the Isle of Man Tour Orienteering website, uh, we've got all the dates for the next events and then eventually we'll put all the permanent marker courses on that as well. Facebook page has got information as well for different events at different times.
0: Well, we spoke to some of the people who have done it today and they've come back really enjoying it and, and saying that it's it's nice who don't realise we've walked four or five kilometres uh, because we've got something to do on the way.
5: Yeah, we find that's 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 certainly a quite an uh, interesting thing for families. Uh, where They like to uh, get the children out uh, and, and again, that allows them to sort of go for a walk and it's the purpose to the walk. And we mm-hmm. find that uh, has always been enjoyable for families when they come along to events. Yeah,
0: And just uh, mention the next one again.
5: Uh, so the next one we've got at Silverdale on the first of April, uh, and that'll be launching a new uh, permanent marker course. And then Easter Monday we've got the flag event at Archalegan Plantation. Well, we'll look forward to it. It's good to speak to you again. And you, thank you. And time to get out of the rain.
0: <laughs> well, there we are. William Higgins, the development officer for the Isle of Man Orienteering Club, and uh, in amongst that, some of the people taking part in the event as well and enjoying their relaxing Saturday afternoon. And, uh, I think I was the only one that got wet standing out in the rain when they'd all finished. <laughs> but it's very good, you know, it's it's simple enough and it's great that they're developing around different parts of the island now, um, you know, putting up the the signs and the, you know, the and having maps for each area so people can join in and it's a great way as we were talking about um, to, to have a walk and it takes the, the mind off at you walking without realising because you're thinking of other things.
1: That is so lovely the Isle of Man can cater for that at the weekends it's such a safe place to go and, and like you say you can't really get lost over here but just taking your mind away from the humdrum of busy life isn't it and uh, our beautiful countryside it's just stunning especially secret areas where you've never been before.
0: Yes and it's quite nice Uh, this programme sort of all dedicated to uh, quite nice relaxing and things to do on the island isn't it you know
1: i think we do have a raft of stuff on the island it is a great place to live and to bring young people up and what a great excuse to get out exploring with your family your grannies your grandchildren whatever it takes your fancy there's walks for everybody isn't it and every ability
0: yeah, yeah. well have got, got gps on the phone get it put away it's <laughs> the only answer to do with it. you've got a map and get on with it uh, just a thing to mention um the Braid of Stedford Kerry. Uh, obviously just a half hour programme that's on at the Braid Hall well anyone who knows who have been to it will know that I'm telling a little porky there but uh, it had to be postponed because uh, of the weather a few weeks ago uh, but the Braid of Stedford will take place this Saturday the 25th of March at the Braid Hall uh, the Grand Supper and some unique entertainment as always starts at 730
1: I hope you got your violin ready.
0: Ah, <laughs> the smallest one in the world, mine. <laughs> That's it for this week. We're back next Tuesday with more from the countryside. So until then, from me, Simon Clark. And
1: me, Kerry Kerman. We we'll see
0: you next week. Bye bye.